स्पाइस रेडियो रेडियो रिमझिम सुन रहे हैं आप गपशप का प्रोग्राम है हमारी घड़ियों में बात दोपहर के दो बजकर सात मिनट हुआ चाहते हैं अब से लेके तीन बजे तक आपका और हमारा साथ रहेगा हमारे आज के इस कार्यक्रम में जिसका नाम बड़े प्यार से हमने गपशप रखा है क्योंकि इसमें वो सभी बातें जो आज आपकी नज़रों में अटकेंगी खटकेंगी और दिल में समाएंगी उन सबको लेकर हम हाजिर हैं ये बताते हुए कि आज आपके लिए वादे के मुताबिक मैल चौधरी स्टूडियोज में आए हैं और उनसे हमारी बातचीत हो रही है और मेल प्रोग्राम में बहुत दिनों के बाद आए हैं पिछले महीने उन्होंने डंडी मारी थी राइट यू डेंट कम लास्ट मंथ नो आई मिस्ट इट आई एम सो ग्लैड दैट यू आर हेयर टूडे यू नो सवर टाइम इज हेयर पीपल आर गोन बी हैविंग थंस ऑफ पार्टीज राइट राइट सो इन्वाइटिंग लॉर्ड ऑफ पीपल टू द हाउस मीटिंग लॉर्ड ऑफ पीपल and i usually wonder you know when we are when we are like when we were at our uh, get together uh, in march for raise your hands against racism where you were your company was one of our major sponsors we had to have an insurance policy for that but i knew because that was a event and you have to have insurance how many other places does an insurance or One should buy an insurance policy, or should just say, "Ah, kya farak patta hai." Oh, for um, for an event like that, it, you know, it depends on what's happening. Like, hmm. what what are the things that will happen? For example, alcohol being served hmm. and things like that. It's always a good idea to look into the insurance. I mean, why risk it? Okay, so here here is a question. You know, good weather, fantastic weather. People are going to be, you know, COVID is quote unquote maybe over. and people are going to be having get togethers at their houses uh and you are going to be serving liquor there should you be worried about that <laughs> <laughs> so that that raises an interesting topic uh-huh. and what that's referred to is social host liability social host liability there's a word for that as well there's a term for oh, it there's a term for that yes yeah so So basically what that entails is exactly like you described. Mm. So people come over to your home, uh you serve alcohol to your guests and then as a result of becoming intoxicated, your guests injure themselves or maybe they injure somebody else. Mm. Uh kind of the common Didn't Think of that. Yeah, the common way uh way that they might injure somebody else is maybe drinking and driving. Right. So we'll get back to that. Yes. And what I'd like to do is see if the listeners have a view on that. Okay. So just yeah. to set just to set that up. Yeah. You have a gathering. Yeah. You invite your friends and family, and as part of that, you serve alcohol. And you know, you've got lots of alcohol. Now, can you be held responsible or should you be held responsible if someone does something wrong as a result of being intoxicated? Okay, I'll be devil's advocate, okay? okay. I'm going to say, yeah, my booze, my house. I can give people as much as I want they want they can drink as much as they want but the responsibility is theirs drink what is in the limit or if you're going to drink do not drive and that is not my responsibility if they drink and drive i think it shouldn't be my responsibility you might be right you might be wrong <laughs> ah, do you think I might be wrong? Well, we'll talk more about it. Okay, okay, um, okay. But all I'm saying is that we'll give the answer at the end. Okay. But I just want... to give people a chance to think about okay, it. Okay, let's let's everyone, you know, we we're, we're going to give our tele- usually people call after 2:30 uh, because they're going to be picking up kids and then 
they want kids to shut up and they can listen to the program and call in. Uh, if you are a call in, let's give you our call in number. Mel is here, and there are a lot of, lot of things that are not clear, okay, in many different scenarios. Uh, if you have a question on any of these scenarios, Mel is here, you can ask him, uh, 604-280-1200, 604-299-8863. Okay, so apart from uh, functions, right, um, Commercial and social host liabilities if bars and restaurants serve too much alcohol. So can a restaurant be also held responsible? They can. And I, I've had a lot of time to think about these things because mm. I, I don't remember if we've talked about this before, but before my career, I was mm. doing defense work. Mm-hmm. So a lot of work for um, ICBC claims, but a private firm. And these were the, a lot of the higher-end claims. Mm-hmm. So any issues that you can think of, you know, we would deal with those issues. And part of my job was to provide opinions to ICBC. Mm. And I was involved in some cases like this. So what would happen is a group of people would go to a restaurant or a bar. They would drink a lot of alcohol. And then after that, they would be on the road and they'd strike somebody else uh. with their vehicle. Uh-huh. So what you've got in a situation like that is you've got the person who is driving, the intoxicated person. So, of course, they're going to be held liable, fault. The other question is, who else can be held at fault? Hmm. And who would look into that would be the injured party's lawyer, Hmm. but also the person who's intoxicated. A lot of times, they're the ones who are looking to see, well, who else can I share the blame with? And one of those parties would be the restaurant or the bar where they get wow. overserved. But don't the restaurants and bars have coverage? They would have insurance. Okay. You would hope they'd have insurance. Yeah. And most of the time when you're dealing with those cases, it'd be the insurance company that you're dealing with. Okay. So, all right. I, I, I think I'm going off the topic. But okay. anyway. I'm, in the- <laughs> I'm used to this. Go ahead. <laughs> Indulge me. Okay. So, there's a restaurant and there's a bar component to it. And many people have got a little party going on and they continue drinking, right? I have seen in some restaurants where they refuse to give alcohol and they say that's it. They're at the limit, we don't think, if, you're not, if, you're, if you don't have anybody who's going to take you home, we don't think you should be drinking anymore. And I've seen people get really angry and uptight about that. At that point, I would not hold the restaurant responsible because he said, no, I'm not going to serve anymore, and that's it, period, dot. Yep. Does that sort of a thing come up in front of uh, courts and, and things like that? That comes up. And you know what? You said that you you see this from yes. time to time. Yes. Maybe I don't get out much, but I ah. I don't see it that often. I, I did, I, and, and I'm telling you, this, is, this has happened at a reputable, I don't want to give them any advertising, yeah. but a reputable... Um, eatery, which has got many branches. I think that's great yeah. that they did that. Yeah. That's, they, what they're, that's what they're supposed to do. They stopped this young man yeah. who was just gulping away. You know one of those shots? Yeah. Uh, they had about six guys, and six of them had many shots, and they were just one after another. And I was thinking, you know, today, in today's program, Mel, I wanted to talk about the family issues as well, but I started on the wrong foot, and I started with, with, 
with the drinking and all that because we talked about our event. So how would you like the program to go? We're going to take a short break and then come back. Yeah, why don't we continue with talking about this? Okay. And I'm actually going to talk a little bit about the origins of this. Okay. Like, how did it start? Let, let's do that. 604-280-1200, Mel is here till 3 o'clock, um, just before 3 o'clock. And if you have any questions about other issues that, you know, you just want to pick Mel's brain, I think that would be a, a very good idea. Do that. Give us a call at 604 280 1200 or 604 299 8863. Spice Radio or Radio Room Jim Sindriam Gapshapa program. Thursday, third Thursday of the month is usually booked for Mel Chaudhary and he is in the studios today. And if you want to talk about it, 604 280 1200 So we were talking about people having get togethers or people having a party. There are so many halls uh, in the South, for the South Asian community that there are parties starting Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, long weekend. And in those cases, commercial venues and people who are holding the party there, how many people are responsible for drinking and coaxing people not to drink too much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it all started, like, you got to think with the law, it kind uh-huh. of, it, it's good because it helps to train people. Hmm. So if the law says something is bad, it starts to help shape how people behave, hmm. right? So it started back, and this will take you a while, uh, back a while, hmm. 1974, there was a Supreme Court of Canada decision, Jordan, versus, Jordan House versus Menno. Okay. So basically what happened is the individual who got intoxicated went to this hotel which had a bar. Hmm. They knew him there. Hmm. And they knew once in a while he would get out of hand. Yeah. So they had to watch, watch him carefully. Hmm. So they knew not to serve him unless someone else was there with him, somebody okay. responsible. Yeah. So in, on this occasion, people had come with him, but they had left. Hmm. And they still served him. Hmm. And he drank, became intoxicated hmm. to the point, you know, he had difficulty standing. And you could tell hmm. it was going to be a problem here. So they basically said, you're being a nuisance, mm. and we've got to let you out, out of the um, building. Environment, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So they just let him go. Mm. So then what ends up happening is he has to get home on his own. Yeah. Somehow he manages to get a ride partway through. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's let off, and then he's walking the rest of the way, uh-huh. and he's stumbling, and he's staggering, middle of the road, and somebody hits him. Holy macro. And, okay. you know, pretty significant injury. Yeah. Um, so clearly the person who hits him, yeah. in this case anyway, yeah. shared some responsibility. Right. The intoxicated individual had some responsibility. Right. Now the issue was, should this bar or hotel be responsible? Right. Now the court decided, yes, it should. Wow. Yeah. And so basically back then is when it all started. And what the court said was, well, this is a commercial establishment. Mm. It's different than drinking, and we'll get to this part later, at mm. somebody's house. Mm. Um, people are coming there, they're paying for alcohol, so it's a commercial arrangement. So as a bar, they've got an interest to make sure people keep drinking. If you drink a lot, then there's more profit. So there's got to be some extra responsibility on them. So the court basically said that they did have a responsibility to not just show him out or stop serving him, 
but make sure he gets home safely. Hmm. Okay, so that's where it started. Hmm. Um, and then later on, the issue was, well, what about other people? Hmm. Okay, so what I mean by that. The people who are his friends and coaxing him to drink. No. So, hmm. you know, they were liable to the person who was intoxicated. Right. right. To help pay for the damages, injuries for him. Mm-hmm. What about if a person is intoxicated from the bar, goes and drives, and hits somebody else? Right. And the injured party is someone else. Hmm. Someone who has no relationship with the bar, hasn't been in the bar. But it's because of this person who's intoxicated who drank at the bar. Mm. So what about that situation? Mm. Right? What What do you think would happen in that situation? Well, you know, I mean, you took me back to 1974, and I did uh, witness uh, an incident like that in an Indian party. And that happened in Gaston. There used to be a restaurant there, long restaurant. I just, I don't remember the name, but it was a long restaurant. Yeah. And, you know... In those days, in our Punjabi community, men just drank, 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 drank. And, and then they would puke. And, <laughs> and, and the wives would look after them, you know, and all that. I think in this particular case, I don't think it is the responsibility of the, the establishment. It's the responsibility of the person who is taking the wheel in their hands and driving the car. You know you are drunk. And you shouldn't be driving the car. So all the responsibility and 100% should be on this person. Don't give me a verdict it says yet because we've got a caller on the line. So, and and I know that you are, at the moment, you know, nodding your head and thinking, Sushma is wrong. But let's see. Line four, how are you doing? Hi there, line four. Hello. Hi, hi. Hi. I have a different scenario, Shashmaji. Uh, what would if somebody come to your home, like no alcohol served, but uh, with the food, uh, Indian food, uh, <laughs> sometimes people get sleepy. Oh, okay. And and he hit somebody and he kills somebody. Just I'm, I mean, you can take any scenario. What what is going to happen? Okay, is it, did that happen, or are you just making it up? I'm just, um, I, I think this can happen. Also. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> Mel, the legal guy is here. <laughs> yeah, it's a good good scenario, caller. Um, basically, you've got to do something negligent to be found at fault. So somebody comes to your house, brings their own food, makes themselves sleepy. You know, the, very unlikely you're going to be uh, found at no, but if, fault. What if no, he's... I serve the food, yeah. not they bring their own food. If you serve the food, I mean, it's not very foreseeable by you serving food, this person's going to become so tired that they're going to go and, and cause damage elsewhere, right, by falling asleep, for example, when they're driving. So I would say it's very unlikely that you would be found liable. Is that what you expected? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, because it is a... The guy got sleepy because I I gave him food with tea or whatever. Hmm. You never know. The court may say in the no, it's it's your fault. Why did you uh, feed him 
with mutter paneer or with the shahi paneer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is a, you know, for alcohol, there is definitely, uh, you know, people to be able to gauge whether this is causing you uh, an issue as far as your concentration is concerned, yeah. but not with food. I no, don't think so. No. And I, I think I think I think you're having fun, but <laughs> but basically it's going to be reasonably foreseeable. Yes. Uh, so so if the, if there was some food that you knew of that you knew every time somebody's going to come over, it's going to put them to sleep, <laughs> and you serve that to them and they don't know, and you put them in a car, you might be found liable then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so be very careful. Well, now I, I need to know your name, and if you invite us, we, we need to be careful. And, and, what, and what are you cooking? Mutter <laughs> paneer, he said. Okay. <laughs> thank you, caller. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. He's having fun. Yeah. <laughs> 604-280-1200, 604-299-8863. Okay, so alcohol, we've, we've, we've decided. Okay, you're wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> really? About the commercial, about the yes. hotel. Okay. Yes. So, so basically, what I the. I shouldn't be wrong, you know. You shouldn't be. We should change the law. But, yeah. uh, but we'll have to work on that. Okay. So, so basically, what happened in, in that case, and that was uh, Stewart versus Petty. Hmm. So that's 1995. Oh, wow. So, I see. So 1974 was that first case I talked that's about. That's right. Where the hotel was responsible for the and injuries, and they let the guy know go, yeah. and then he got struck by another car. So they found not only the driver of the other car responsible, but also the hotel because they let him go. Right, and okay. then so this is how the law works very slowly, mm. <laughs> right? So from 1974 to 1995, mm. now it's extended to not only the person who's drinking mm. at the hotel can bring a, bring a claim, but the third party who has nothing to do with the hotel, mm. who is injured by this intoxicated person, mm. now can make a claim against the bar or the wow. hotel. Wow, wow. And the court, you know, gave some reasons. Well, why, why would they be held responsible? Right. Well, they said, well, this business, this bar, is in the business of serving alcohol. They're making money off of it. It's mm. a commercial enterprise. Because of that, there's some added responsibility mm. on them, rather than somebody serving alcohol at home. And they also said it's actually foreseeable, right? So when you're thinking about it, you're thinking common sense, if the restaurant or bar keeps over-serving somebody, and as, as a result of that, they're so intoxicated, they get into their car and they hit somebody, that's actually th something you can foresee. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah. So, and then the court said, well, you know, a restaurant or a bar has a better ability to manage a person's intake of alcohol. Hmm. You know, or they should. Hmm. They sh they know what they're serving. You know, they're being paid for this. Um, they should keep track of those things. And for that reason, they were found at fault. And I think in that case, um, I, I think it was about 25 percent at fault or something along those lines right it's pretty unusual you know you're going to get something like 50 50 hmm. like for the most part what the court will look at is who deserves more of the blame and usually it's the person who is the intoxicated person deserves more of the blame right so you're not going to blame the bar and the person who got drunk the same amount it's not going to be 50 50 share usually the person who got drunk is going to have more of the blame. I am sorry to say that, uh, Mel. Right now, it's 50-50. It's nobody's fault. 
it's no fault insurance. So if you hit somebody or you are driving and you're intoxicated and you hit somebody, it's no fault insurance. Good point. So now that brings us to today. Yeah. Okay. This, you're keeping me on my toes. So, so before when I was involved in these cases, yeah. it was a lot at stake. Yes. I mean, we could be talking millions and millions of dollars, right? Yes. So now we've got no fault. <laughs> so one of the exceptions to no fault, but it's yes. a very limited exception. Really? Is to sue parties that aren't insured by CBC. So for, remember we we're talking about this yes, before. WCB and all that well, would take it, care of it. So let's say you get into a car accident. Yeah. Can you never bring a claim? Well, no, you, there are exceptions. Mm. So if someone is responsible, other than somebody with insurance through ICBC, mm. you can still possibly bring a claim against them. Okay. So one of those exceptions is commercial host liability. Mm. So you could still bring a claim against a restaurant or a bar. But what claim you can make against them is very limited. Um, you know, so there's not much you can get out of it. Basically, it's pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's lots of limitations. So even in a situation where you may be able to make a claim, usually, you know, for a lawyer, if a lawyer's looking at it, they probably won't take it on because there's so many limitations that it's just not worth the risk. And normally in the past, when these claims were made against restaurants and bars, it was made because you already had a good claim against the driver, right? ICBC. So it wasn't that risky to add in these mm. other these other companies. So now, without that claim against the, uh, the driver, ICBC, then it's a lot more risky. So you don't really find that it's going to happen very often. Do you think that... ICBC will have to change their no-fault insurance policy because there might be some case that is so detrimental that they have to look into it? Well, there's nothing like public opinion Mm. to cause change, Mm. right? And at the beginning when they made the change, you could tell there was a lot of work that went in from ICBC for public perception. Right. So the commercials were coming out. Remember the commercial, there was somebody sitting at the kitchen table and somebody was told, um, you know, they opened up their mail. It was the yeah. ICBC insurance premium. Yeah. They said, oh, you're going to save this much this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. person goes, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then, and then started drinking their coffee again. Yeah. Well, public perception can force them and the government to change things, but I don't know. You yeah. know, it just depends on what the public sentiment is. <laughs> okay. Um I want to take a very short commercial break. It really is very short. And then we'll come back um, to the same issue. I've got one twist in there, which I think you might like. Sounds good. All right, here we go. Spice Radio or Radio Room, Jim Sundra. program Mel Mel, I got this brand new card from you. I, I thought before we continue with the, with the, the question, uh, you've now got two offices, a uh, big office in Surrey and another office in Vancouver, which is on Nelson Street, but the telephone number remains the same. It does. Love, I like the cards. Where did you get them made? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just given to me. <laughs> Looks very nice. Nice, nice uh, colors combination. Thank now, you. Uh, I, I want to finish this a little bit 
because I want to come to family matters as well, because that's your new forte now. Right. Um, people drinking um, in uh, uh, commercial establishments, we've established that now, uh, since 74 and 1995, uh, because of the rulings, I think um, bars and restaurants are very careful as to what they need to do. Any other uh, story that, that uh, sort of, that you can remember that makes sense? So there's one case, um, it's more recent, 2017. So one issue that you always think about is, well, if a, if, if a person gets home from the restaurant or the bar, and then they go and do something after they get home, does that mean <coughs> that the bar or restaurant is off the hook? So they, they drink at this bar, mm. They somehow make it home. Mm. No thanks to the bar. Yes. But at some point, do you have to draw a line and say, well, now he's home. Yes. The bar's no longer responsible. That's right. What do you think? Do you think once they're home, that's it? Oh, you know, you're asking me these questions to make me look like an idiot. <laughs> but I am, I, 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 I'm going to play along with you. Say, for example, this person who's miraculously gotten home, because he's drunk, He's going to be feeling like I should have a little bit more as well. So they go ahead and, and drink a little bit more. And then a friend calls and says, come on over. We are, we are going to be meeting in such and such place. Or, you know, come out and let's just walk on the beach or something like that. And he gets into the car and drives again. I think it's his fault, not the bar's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there's a case which is not <laughs> completely dissimilar okay. than your fact pattern. Okay. And I love the way you set out the fact patterns. <laughs> it's very vivid. Um, so, so basically in this case, person, it was actually a work function, mm. kind of. Mm. Um, a bunch of coworkers met at a particular bar. They drank. And the background here is the person who um, caused the accident mm was working crazy hours, mm. like 60, 70 hour weeks Wow! For, for, for a period because they're shorthanded. Right. So then he goes to the bar and they're there for about two hours. Mm. This person leaves, goes and picks up some supplies for the next day. Right. It's a tradesman, comes back and takes a person. And the plan was he'll take this friend of his, coworker, mm. back home. Mm. And then someone will pick up his friend from his house. All right. Now, while they're at the bar, they've both been drinking. Mm. The friend, actually much more than him, mm. but this guy's been drinking as well. They go back home, and he gets the call from his friend's mom saying that she can't come all that way. So now he's got to go and And, and drop. drop him back home. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the question, that's where it comes in, right? Because he's now home. He's made it somehow from the bar home. Now, should the bar be responsible for the fact that on the way to dropping this individual, he hit somebody? So the court said, yes. The courts are out to lunch. So this one, I'm not completely sure about. Right. And I don't know, like, this is one judge. Yeah. It could be another judge looks at this mm. and says, I don't disagree. I, you know, I, I disagree with that. Mm. It's too remote. It's too far removed from the bar, right? And this is a new case? 2017. So it hasn't been decided yet? 
So the, this case has been decided. Okay. But I, you know, I haven't found a more recent decision. Okay. To interpret this. Right. Like I can just as easily see a court saying, "Well, at some point you got to draw a line." Yes. What if the person slept for an hour, then got up again? Yeah. And and then drove. Yes. Right? But in this particular case, the court said, "Well, what difference does it make? He was mm. only at home for a short period of time." Right. And he actually drank a little bit more at home. <laughs> and then he said, well, he was already intoxicated, right? And the bar didn't help him get home. What difference does it make if, you know, he stopped at home for five, you know, let's say five minutes. Yeah. In this case, a little bit more. Yeah. So it can go either way, right? And it's interesting. Your answer makes sense. I can see the other point of view, too. Yeah. But, yeah, he decided another way. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And just to kind of tie this all up, getting back to our original question. Remember we asked, I asked you, well, if you're having a party at home, we're not talking about a bar, no, no. hotel. Yeah. You know, this is a very common scenario. Right. You have people over, you serve some drinks, you want to be a good host. Yeah. Now, are you responsible for this person then getting intoxicated, right. driving away, and causing uh, an injury? Okay, so, so, so yeah, that was the original question. H- here is a twist to that. So you have a party at home, no, no booze, just food. Makes them tired? <laughs> <laughs> Not the guy thing. But they go, yeah. but people go, and they get into an accident. There's nothing that ties them to, to my house where they had a party. Do you think it does? No. Okay, hold on for a second. We've got a caller on line four. Line four, how are you doing? Good, Sushma Ji, how are you? Fine, thank you, Ji. Uh, ma'am, I had a question. Yes, so go ahead. I was wondering, uh, uh, you know, I was listening to the discussion. So, what is the uh, permissible limit? For example, if somebody is intoxicated yes. and they drink, everybody's capacity is different. Mm-hmm. So, how do the bar know how much one should drink? Like, you know, some people are good. They, they drink 60 ml, 90 ml. Is there a limit? Because everybody's, you know, capacity is different. Yeah, everybody's different, right? So, for example, weight, height, what did a person eat before they got there? All of that makes a difference. So, basically what they've got to do is, uh, you know, all the servers are trained. They're supposed to look for signs of intoxication. So if you see the sign of intoxication, that's when you know, well, I, I, now I've got to look into this. You see if the person has a safe ride home. Um, has the person come with somebody else who's sober? So if someone's slurring, if they're having difficulty forming sentences, <laughs> if you know, pretty, there's some pretty obvious signs. Um, or another way would be, color, if let's say there's nothing noticed in terms of signs. What the court has said is, well, the bar has to monitor how much they serve somebody. If they serve so much to this person that you would just expect, okay, uh, you know, let's say there's um, six drinks and the person is there for an hour. That's, you know, that's pretty obvious that, well, that that could lead to some problems. Caller? Did that make sense for you? Yeah, yeah, I'm there. Yeah. Yep, yeah, uh, it makes sense. But I was wondering when, you know, uh, the court passes a judgment, how do they find out that how much, you oh. know, uh, how much was too much for them? <laughs> yeah, so, so a lot of times, like, in cases like this, um, one of the parties will get an expert. 
toxicologist. And they, they have to rely upon some kind of blood work being done after an incident. So, you know, somebody gets into an accident, a lot of times they'll go to a hospital and there'll be blood taken. And in the blood, there'll be a reading of how much alcohol there is. Now, we provide a bunch of information to this expert who's a toxicologist. They take into account the person's weight, their height, what have they eaten, uh, their drinking habits, and then they can provide an opinion uh, pretty specific. They can say, well, if I trace things back, if I take a look at what was the reading at the time at the hospital, and we know that alcohol leaves the bloodstream in a certain amount in a certain time, they trace it back to when the person was at the restaurant. Mm. And they say, this is what I estimate the person's blood alcohol level to have been at the time. So it's, 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 they've got it down to a science, right? But they need information. Sometimes there's not enough information, but that's, that's how they would go about it for the court case. And the, the same rule applies for marijuana as well? It does the same rule apply for marijuana as well? You know what? I haven't looked into marijuana, but I'm assuming it does. Um, but the content would be different, right? Because um, for alcohol, there's so much um, history of, of the police taking blood alcohol content. So I'm not sure of the details of that. But, but basically, in terms of the content within the system, but the other part of it would be signs of impairment. If someone is in a car and they smell of, of uh, marijuana, the police will look and see, well, do they look like they're impaired to the point that they can't uh, operate a vehicle safely? Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take so, care. You're welcome. Um, well, let's just quickly take a short commercial break, come back. And uh, have we finished this topic, by the way? Let me first ask you. There's one more thing. I get, so I want to give you the answer. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Do you want me to do that now? Yes, please. Okay. So the issue is if, you know, we're, we're talking about commercial hosts, so yes. restaurants, bars. Now, what about your home? Well, there was a Supreme Court of Canada decision mm. uh, in 2006. Mm. And basically what happened is somebody hosted a party, um, a lot of guests. Somebody came over and it was bring your own alcohol. Mm. And uh, this one person drank a lot. Mm. He ended up driving mm. uh, and he shouldn't have been. Mm. And he caused really significant injuries mm. to somebody else. The court said in that situation, the court actually agreed with you. Mm. It's, right? not, it's not his fault. No. Yeah, they said it wasn't his fault. Yeah. They said at some point, everyone has their own personal uh, yeah. responsibility. That's right. And they said other people can't be held accountable for something like that. That's right. But, you know, there's always room for for different fact patterns. Yes. So I, I can't say the door is completely closed. <laughs> but basically what the court said is, you know, you don't have a, a commercial um, situation here. Right. The homeowner is not profiting. Right. It's not a commercial thing. Yeah. They did say in certain circumstances, though, it might be different. Right. So, for example, if you're an employer mm. and you take your people out or you have a party, mm. there's a relationship where you're expected to some extent mm. provide some protection and supervision for people. If it's a teacher, student, or, you know, maybe a college or something like that and students, there could be something there. Mm -hmm. So there is room for it still. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But if I'm inviting you to my house and you bring your own bottle of booze, 
and get drunk and go and hit somebody, I'm not responsible for it. So far, I would say <laughs> no, uh, but you never know what fact pattern might, might come up, right? There you go. Yeah. Mel is here at 3 o'clock, 604-280-1200-604-299-8863 are our telephone numbers. If you have any other questions, do give us a call. We're going to talk about family uh, issues now. Okay. Spice Radio, Radio Room, Jim Sundriyap. Mel Chaudhary, agle 10 minute ke liye hain. You've now moved to new places. Mel, can you give me your addresses and the telephone numbers, please? Yep, so our new main or head office in Surrey, mm-hmm. uh, so we're at Suite 701, 96 mm-hmm. mm. Avenue in Surrey. Oh, okay. So um, quick and easy way to know where we are, right across from Surrey Memorial Hospital. Oh, right. And then our Vancouver office is right downtown, 808 Nelson Street. Yes. So that's right across from the courthouse. Fantastic. And then our number is 604 689 8888. Lovely. Perfect. Okay. Now, let's come to um, family law. So, as you know, we've discussed lots of times, this is my area now, mm. right? This is what I, uh, I'm i practicing in, uh, in addition to my ICBC cases. And I just took a quick look just to see if there's any interesting cases to talk to you about that mm. are recent, right? And there's one that came up, uh, basically the decision came down May 3rd, 2023, so very fresh. Oh, just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and I thought, you know what, it's kind of interesting because um, it talks about spousal support obligations. Uh-huh. So a lot of times you would think that it's all based on what happens during the marriage. So uh-huh. a person's entitlement is based on how long they've been married and what goes on in the marriage not what happens after separation. Mm. So in this particular case, the couple had a child who had pretty severe disabilities. And it was a sad case. She she died at the age of 17, I believe. So basically what happened is ever since she was born, the mother was her caregiver. Mm. And we're not talking about, you know, just a couple hours mm. here and there. 24-7. Yeah. And when you read when you read the decision, you, mm. you know you could have a lot of respect for for this woman because of what she's done and what she's given up. Mm. But basically, during the marriage, she took care of the child. Mm. Now, after the marriage, mm. you know they reached a, a separation agreement back after in, the child died. No, before. Yeah. So they separated. Child is still alive. Right. They separated and they reached a, an agreement December of two thousand and nine. Uh-huh. Okay, so I told you when this decision came out. Right. Just recently. Twenty twenty three. Yeah, and then they came up with a settlement December of, of two thousand and nine. Uh-huh. Now the issue came up. Um, the husband uh, made an application uh, to change things because mm. he's, he had to pay a certain amount of support for his wife mm. at the time and also mm. child support. Mm. So the child passed away. Mm. So obviously no more child support. And the husband made an application to reduce what he has to pay for the spousal support, including back payments. Mm. So at some point, he stopped making payments. It was about $100,000 in arrears, meaning he owed 100000 in support. Mm. So the court said, well, we can't just look at what happened in the marriage. Mm. I mean, since the marriage ended, this woman's provided so much support for the child. Mm. And... The child is a product of the marriage. Mm. So that gets taken into account. And the court basically said, I can't think of a situation where a person is more deserving 
of support because of the consequences of a marriage. Hmm. And, you know, she's in her 60s now. And um, the court said, well, she's going to continue to get this. Hmm. And you've got to pay all of the back support, 100000 So another interesting part of the case is... Would you, um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Can he appeal it? He can appeal it. Yeah. And, and do you think another judge would look at his case and, and say, okay? So the one part of this where the husband, one of the mistakes, I think, is he there wasn't a lot of evidence about, you know, what happened at the time of settlement. Mm. So the wife got the house and and she had to pay him 80,000 for the mm. house. Mm. Now, the value of a house, you would think 80,000 is a pretty good deal, but mm. but we don't know we don't know the details. We don't know how much of a mortgage was there at the time. Mm. And they didn't provide any of that evidence. Mm. So it might have been that now their financial situation, like mm. the husband didn't have much in the way of assets. Mm-hmm. The wife's got the home with lots of equity in it. Mm-hmm. So if you just look at that, you know, there might be an argument, well, now there should be some change. Ah, but no, hus- I was just thinking that. Yeah, like if you can think about it, if someone mm. is in their 60s, yeah, I mean, he's making good money right now, yeah. but he doesn't have much savings. Right. The wife might have over a million dollars in equity. Right. Like, would that be a good reason to maybe yeah. change things up when you're so close to retirement? Right. Maybe, right? Wow, yes. But one of the thing, big things with family law is you've got to be so honest and you've got to be upfront. Mm. If you're not that way and you don't disclose all of the information, the court said, I, I just don't know. There's mm. not enough information disclosed. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there was some penalty for that. I'm sure, you know, that's why a question popped up in my mind. Yeah. Uh, once you have an issue, how long does it, how, how soon should you act upon it? Depends on what the issue is, yeah. right? Um, so one thing is it's called the limitation date. Right. So sometimes you have to act on it within mm. a certain period. If you don't do that, you're going to lose your right to act upon it. So Give me an example where, okay. where one can, we should be careful well, one that you should really be careful about is when you're not legally married, but it's com- ah, common law. Common law, okay. Because you have two years from the date of the separation right. to bring a claim for spousal support, right. um, property division, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So if you lose out, you don't bring a claim within that time period, then you you know, you know could be out of luck. Um, it's a good possibility you'd, you'd be out of luck. Um, and what gets more complicated is separation date. Right. What if there's a disagreement between what the separation date is? You right. think you think it's this particular date. Right. Actually, turns out that it was before that, <laughs> and now you've waited and you missed your, you know, your opportunity to get what you think is fair. Oh wow! So that's a big one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Another one is if you are legally married. Yeah. A lot of times, what will happen is you start, you know, you might get a divorce. Yeah. And you don't think about getting anything else. Hmm. You have two years from the date of the divorce mm. to claim for all of your spousal uh, support, property division, and all that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's so messy. And so, do you like it? So, I, the, the thing, the reason I went into it is because I, I like dealing with individuals. Yes. You know, I'm not somebody who is looking forward to dealing with corporations. And, you know, I, I like the individual stories. And I think, I think one of my strengths is if somebody is feeling anxious, yes. they're uncertain about the process, and they kind of need somebody to right. provide that assurance, I find like, you know, that's something that I'm good at. So that's, I, yeah, that's why I went into it, and that's why I'm enjoying it. 
That's fantastic. Mel, that's lovely, beautiful, and, and the way you've explained it is also makes lots of sense. Thank you for being in the studios today. When you come next time, which will be in June, um, what topic should we be working on? And, and people can send us questions on that. Oh, you're put, putting me on the spot here. But you know what? <laughs> I've actually got something I was thinking about. Waivers. Okay. Waivers. So what can, where do you find yourself in that situation where you're signing a waiver? Well, pretty much every day. Oh, yeah. Um, if you're going to go, for example, um, rent a car. Yes. They're all, all, do you want insurance for this, that, yeah. and that? Yeah. So many things, your head's spinning. That's right. And you say no. No. And you sign a waiver. Yeah. Uh, another example is if you take a, a lift ticket, for example, you go yes. to a ski hill. Yeah. They make you sign a waiver. <laughs> all sorts of things. Or you go to a restaurant where they have hot sauce. <laughs> you sign a waiver. Yeah, I haven't been to that restaurant yet. <laughs> Let me know which one it is. I'll, I'll go. I don't think they, it, it, it exists anymore. There used to be many of those, and then they went out of business. But you had to sign a waiver. There was one bottle of sauce that you had to sign a waiver for it, even if you had to just touch it and not allowed. I enjoy spicy food, but I, I think that might be too much for me. <laughs> I think so too. Thank you so very much. Thanks. It was great uh, being here again. Uh, 604-280-1200, 604-299-8863 are our telephone numbers. If you want to give um, another question for Mel coming next month, please do so anytime. Stay tuned for the Drive Home Grind with DJ Flight right here on Spice Radio with Maya and your requests with Newton on Radio Rim Jim. Uh, see you tomorrow. And a special program for you tomorrow with Gurjeet Bal all about Javed Akhtar and him coming to town.